Yo, this is Brad Rickle. Welcome to the Brad Rickle Brief. On today's episode, I want to talk about fitness, exercise, gyms, what I do for routine. Exercise is the thing we all say we need to do more of, but we're going to do it tomorrow. And that is exactly what I did yesterday. It was Sunday, going around the house, had all the time in the world, and I pushed it off. It was easier for me to pour myself a bourbon than it was for me to do a couple push-ups. Hopefully today I can be a little bit better. I have had a lot of peaks and valleys when it comes to my life of physical fitness. I can look back at pictures and think I was in pretty good shape, and there were some other times that I just let myself go. Pretty typical experience. But it's funny because these memories change retrospectively over time. In real time, the better shape that I'm in, the more I look at my body and I have this internal dialogue about what I need to do to improve. Like, hi, these things on my side of my stomach, like I really need to carve that out a little bit more. But when I'm out of shape, I tell myself, yeah, Brad, like you have a gut and you got these pencil arms, but you're doing pretty well for not working out. Talk about cognitive dissonance. It's a funny psychological perspective that I have with myself as I ebb and flow from different phases in my life. I'm a little concerned that I need to stay on top of it with a new baby on the way, trying to get it as good a shape as I can be because nothing's guaranteed in the future, which the baby should be here any day now. Mallory's currently at 40 weeks in a few days, And I think it could happen today, could happen tomorrow, could happen a week from now. Nothing's guaranteed. Probably even more important of why I should get a workout in today. Talking about exercise, staying in shape, it's kind of like finance in the way that it's a little convoluted. There's so many professionals selling others on what they need to be successful. There's books, YouTube videos, trainers at the gym, GNC. And GNC is brilliant. You don't like your body? You hate exercise? No problem. Take this fistful of pills and this suppository, and you're going to look super ripped like our models in almost no time. And then there's a little asterisk at the bottom of the commercial saying these results are not typical. So we're to start on your path to fitness. Now's, Now's a good time. We're about a week out from January. Every January, thousands of slobs roll themselves off the couch grease themselves up, get into their workout clothes from college, and head down to the local gym. And there's something to admire about that. People are trying to better themselves. But it's every single year, and the gym and the new members, they know what's not going to be sustainable. Gyms actually count on this in part of their projected revenues. There's going to be a slight uptick, and they know people are going to keep paying for their memberships even after they stop working out in a few weeks. And from my perspective, it sucks to go to the gym in January. If you're a regular, it gets flooded with people. Most of them don't know what they're doing. And I try to have empathy and tell myself that they're doing the right thing, trying to better themselves. But my frustration is visible when it comes to the equipment that they're, that they're using. Maybe they're not as trained up as they should be. Like, fuck, man. Like, do you have to do your push-ups in the power rack? There's only two power racks. You can do push-ups anywhere. There's a whole basketball court over there that you can do push-ups in. That's more for me. Like, shame on you, Brad. 
like your ego, the person's trying to do the right thing. They don't care about your power rack. And it's not even your power rack to begin with. And gyms and gym memberships, I understand why they make the commitments year long. Because most of the people that get gym memberships, probably especially in January, would cancel it otherwise when they stop working out a few weeks later. It's kind of a crazy concept to sign up for anything this day of age for a whole year. You wouldn't sign up for Netflix for a whole year. That might as well be a lifetime commitment. You can kind of sniff out different scams in life by the price of commitments that you need to enter. Cults, gangs, gyms, pretty similar when it comes to this stuff. There isn't a successful one that doesn't have a high entry price. Once you pay the price, now they have you. The consistency bias working in their favor. A person wouldn't commit to a gym for a whole year only to tell people four weeks later that it's a bad deal. That makes them look dumb. So people will sign up and tell the narrative that they stopped going, but it's just been for a few weeks. When things don't get so hectic, they're going to go back, and it's still worth it. I know people who have had gym memberships for years. They haven't gone for years, and they keep paying for it. And I don't know if it's the dissonance, if it's the internal narrative, or maybe it's the cheap signaling to others, but they keep doing it. There's some gyms that have been out there that are flipping the script, and I give them, I give them some respect. Crunch Fitness does it a little bit different. Crunch, they're not in Charlottesville, Crozet, and I don't think there's any plans for them to be there. But they charge people something like $10 a month. It's really cheap. People sign up for it, and when they don't go, because Crunch knows that that's exactly what people do, they buy the gym membership and then they don't go, people tell themselves, yeah, I didn't go last month, but it's only $10. I'll go next month. Even if I don't go next month, it's okay. It's only $10. There was a great podcast on NPR's Planet Money, episode 590, about how gyms don't actually want you to work out. It's a great listen. I highly encourage you, if you're on your phone listening to this, after this podcast, go listen to that one. It's really good, and it's short. Gyms in Charlottesville and Crozet, ACAC, YMCA, I think there's a couple others, they, could, they couldn't actually handle it if all the members showed up. And I'm not just talking about, well, yeah, theoretically, Brad, if all the members showed up at one time, yeah, they can't handle it, but that's not their model. No, I'm saying that they couldn't handle the financial impact of all of their members regularly going distributed throughout the month. The maintenance upkeep on their equipment would just be astronomical. They're not planning on people showing up to the gym. But I like ACAC. They have a few different locations here in Crozet and in Charlottesville. And I just heard recently that they're going to be taking over the YMCA spot in Crozet. That'll be interesting to see what it turns into. Regardless, you know, the the ACAC in Albemarle Square, it's huge. But it's filled with people that want to play pickleball and just walk laps around the track. Not really, not really my scene. You go there because you want some space and you have a very particular thing to do. The location on the downtown, the one closer to university, it's got a different vibe to it. People are going there and they're getting after it. And I don't know if it's, it's virtue signaling, if people just like to be in shape, but that is the location. 
if you want to be motivated by other people, that's the ACAC you want to go to. But I'm not a member. Used to be stopped about a year ago. I work out of my house now. Or at most, I'll go down to the HOA gym if I want to get some weighted squats or, or something else in. In my younger years, I liked a nice gym with juice bars, lounge areas, just strut around sleeveless t-shirts. Now, it's a little bit more important for me to make the most of my days and just make it a practice. I need to make it sustainable so it's so I can do it throughout the year. So it's a big part of my life that isn't an obstacle. One of the things that have gained a lot of momentum over the last few years, the last decade, is CrossFit. You're telling yourself, yeah, no shit, Brad. But we were really excited, Mallory and I, when Carl opened up a CrossFit gym in Crozet, ZSP CrossFit. We were we, we joined up right away, and we were members for six months. And I really like the gym, and I really like Carl. Mallory, she gets a good workout in and likes the variety and the intensity of CrossFit. I never really fell in love with it. It would be interesting to bring Carl on and talk about success stories, but I never thought it was advisable for me to do these heavy Olympic lifts four reps, four time. It just, it didn't resonate with me. It can create this atmosphere that rep count is more important than form and injuries tend to happen for me with that. But Carl, he's a physical therapist and he runs his gym a little bit differently than most CrossFit gyms and he runs it well. CrossFit is great because it gets people touching barbells. It gets them excited and a lot of people see results And my opinion is just that. It's just mine. If you like CrossFit and CrossFit-type workouts, I fully endorse it. Go do CrossFit. If that's something that's going to get you working out on a daily basis, go do it. Mallory is a success story when it comes to it as well. She was part of this CrossFit gym up in Baltimore called CrossFit Syndicate. And I think... One of, their, one of their claims to fame is they're one of the, the groups at the CrossFit Games that place well. They, they place near the top. So for the year that she was working out there, she was going twice a week, and she got ripped. And it was incredible to see this transformation because she has this runner's body. She likes to do long, enduring bouts of cardio, and she got yoked. It was, it was pretty impressive to see just what two days a week at CrossFit can do for some people. It just it just wasn't for me. So it seems like I'm going around the gauntlet shooting things down like, oh, I don't like commercial gyms because posers show up in January and I don't like CrossFit gyms because I get hurt. Yeah, maybe the problem's probably with me, not with everything else. That sounds more right. I think there are a lot of great things and experiences out there and it all goes around doing something that you enjoy or at least you enjoy the benefits enough after doing whatever to keep it up and that's the most important that's the most important part make it regular i think an important question is what do you lean into what what works with you is it strength is it cardio it's a reasonable question there are plenty of people that would rather get their heart rate up 
get out there, get after it, long, enduring bouts of cardio, road bikers, marathoners, a whole bunch of other people don't want to do anything barbell related. And then on the other side, you have some of your meatheads that just want to go in there, make their arms look good in a t-shirt, and get out without having to break a sweat. Personally, I hate running and cardio. But if it feels good to you, go do it. And I think that's important to lean into whatever you're, you naturally are inclined to do because then you'll just start making fitness a regular part of your routine. And that is the most important part. So keep in mind what you're predisposed to. There's nothing wrong with doing things that you enjoy because it's going to allow you to be successful. There's some room for argument in here that once you make exercise and fitness a daily routine and you've done it for a sustained amount of time, then try to add other things in that might not be in your wheelhouse. Recently, I bought Mallory a spin bike and we're using the Peloton app. We don't have a Peloton bike. We bought a Schwinn bike and we use the Peloton app. And I've been using it over the last two months about three times a week because my heart sucks. I need to do more cardio simply so my heart doesn't cave in one day as I'm grocery shopping. So even though I bought a bike for her, I use it a lot because I want to make it a routine. And I think this is kind of important after the shitstorm from the Peloton commercial that came out. This was Mallory's request. I'm not buying her this bike and signing up for the app with a suggestion of, hey, I, you could lose a couple pounds. No, my goal is to be in as good a shape as she has always been in. But she thought it would be nice to have a spin bike because she prefers to spin at the house during her maternity leave, right? Because she has the same concept that I do, that it's more important to do stuff daily, and she might not have the time that she would like to be able to drive into Charlottesville and go to Zoom Spin and do that and then come back because all of a sudden that's three, three and a half hours out of the day right there, just that, the commute, the workout, and the commute back. She does a good job. Hell, I think she does a great job because right now she was doing it five days a week until this last month of pregnancy. And I think that's what everyone can kind of go in and achieve too. Even the days that I really don't feel like doing cardio, there's a low activation energy to spinning. And that's something that's really nice. It's easy to just sit my ass on the bike and start pedaling. Once I start, it's easy to push it a little bit harder. And that's it, right? The feeling of lethargy goes away after a few minutes. And that's true about spinning, about running, about push-ups, whatever you're doing. And recently I, I, I read something or heard something somewhere saying, if you don't feel like working out, just do one push-up because you're going to find yourself being more motivated after that one push-up and you're going to continue doing something. There's a lot to that. It is essential to make fitness a daily routine. Running every other week isn't going to do shit for you, your cardio, your heart. Benching once a month is going it's only going to leave you with sore tits. Consistency is the main tentpole, almost more than what you're actually doing. So if going to the gym, if going to ACAC or YMCA is going to get you to go every day or most days, then go sign up. It's worth the money. If you don't know how to work out properly, find a trainer. 
get that knowledge. It's worth it. There have been times that I've paid for trainers because I wanted to deep dive into areas that I hadn't been exposed to yet. Most recently has been kettlebell training. There is a lot to do with kettlebells, and my goal was to know more about kettlebells so I could do them at home, and it was worth it. Now I put emphasis on a lot of core work, too, based on the training that I did with with kettlebells. I used to do it at the end of my workout when it was an afterthought, doing a couple rounds of sit-ups after my workout was done and I was kind of burned out. Now I've front-loaded it. It's at the beginning, and it's really beneficial. Um, It's made me a lot stronger, surprisingly. So you don't have to be a meathead when you start making fitness a daily part of your routine. You don't have to talk about just your workouts, your macros, what you're going to do tomorrow and feel swole. You know, that stuff's for douchebags. Leave it to them. The goal of fitness shouldn't be something that you have to cram in half-ass. It should be something that adds value to your life. I came across the mad Russian Pavel Sassuin a few years ago when I was back in Afghanistan. And the buddies that I was working with they were doing kettlebells and yoga. And I thought that's a really interesting way to go about it. But these guys were, were special. So I, I fell in and did the workouts with them. And I felt great about it. So I read his books. He came out. He entered the kettlebell, Simple and Sinister. And I thought he wrote really well. What he said resonated with me. But I didn't buy 100% in. And this is something like 10 years ago. And he's written four or five, six more books. He has a, he has his own business called Strong First. Like, he's doing just fine without my endorsement. And then a few years after I came across Pavel, I came across another strong guy named Dan John. And he's a writer, an Olympic lifter. He wrote this book, Never Let Go, and I read it. And I really liked it. And it said the same thing. It talked about simplicity. Make things as simple as possible for yourself in your routine Don't create obstacles. Take them down. Pavel and Dan John both say simple things, such as working out with weights is great. There is the benefit to working out with a weighted squat. But if you don't have access to it, that can't be your excuse to not work out for the day. Instead, do bodyweight squats or split leg squats. Kick your foot back on a chair or the couch and just start doing split leg squats. Like, it is a burner. It'll get after you. I went back to Pavel after reading Dan John and reread most of his books a few years ago and his methodologies. Most people are taking a scattered approach, and it ends up not accomplishing much, and there's diminished returns. He emphasizes focusing on two or three movements and drilling them every day. And there's a pretty distinct difference between that, between, hey, I'm going and I'm exercising, I'm getting after it, and, hey, this is daily practice. It's kind of, that's what yoga talks about, right? Just make this a daily practice. Pavel's saying the same thing. An example, Pavel would want a person to focus on kettlebell swing, goblet squat, and hollow mans. Hollow mans just a, it's an ab exercise where you lay on the ground with your, Arms and legs stretched out. Very simple, very effective. But do these three things 
every day and do them in a way that energizes you. It gives you more energy than it takes away. So you can go out and you can do something with the rest of your day. You can come back and you can do it tomorrow. If you're sore, you overtrained. That simple. Because there's a net positive to training every day over training where you're sore and you need to recover. You want that 30-year goal, not that three-month goal. And I dig it. Do some cardio that is manageable. I think ideally running would probably be better for me than spin bike, but spin bike sure as shit is better than doing nothing. I need to always be conscious of keeping cardio as a part of my routine, even if I don't like it because it helps me keep my weight manageable. Because weight's one of those things that just it sneaks up over time, and especially this time of year, Thanksgiving just ended, Christmas is coming up, there's going to be people around, food, drinks. It's easy to step on the scale in January realizing that you're 10 pounds overweight and you have, you have a fight on your hands now. Losing weight sucks. Maintaining weight isn't ideal, but it's a hell of a lot easier. So I work out of the house now because that's what I found to be the most effective to making this a daily practice. I quit the gym. It was just eating up too much of my time, mainly with the back and forth of it all. It would be 30 to 40 minutes, depending on traffic, getting into town, the warm-up, the working out, the sauna afterwards, and then the commute back. It would be an easy three to four hours. Not something I was doing every day. And if I was doing it, then what else am I doing with my day? I do think about how nice it would be to have access to a sauna. That is one thing I definitely miss. I was recently sick. I had the sniffles, sore throat, sitting in the sauna, 20 to 30 minutes, finishing with like a nice cold shower. That makes me feel good. It'd be great if I could build a sauna in the house one day, but that's neither here nor there. So what do I do now? What's my goal? I try to get on the spin bike about three times a week. And I do high-intensity interval trainings. It's called HIT, And HIT's just, it's a protocol where you work out, you sprint hard for short durations, followed by half recovery time. So what does this look like? It's a 20-second all-out sprint on the bike, followed by 10 seconds of recovery. And you do about eight rounds of that, and then you recover for a long period of time to get your heart rate back down within a normal range, and then you do it again, and you do four or five rounds of that. So the workout can take somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes, depending on how long you're warming up. And this is supposed to help train the heart recover quickly. It's exactly what I need. I need more training for my heart so it doesn't explode. I like it because while this is cardio, I'm still geared towards hard, short, intense durations compared to long, sustained cardio efforts. So that's why even when I'm doing cardio, I'm still doing things that resonate with me more. And I know, I know I should just put, there's something romantic about just putting your shoes on and going for a nice long run, seven-minute miles, but I don't enjoy it. So I don't know when I'll get into that, but I think it is some goal at some point in the future, much like being able to be so flexible I could touch my toes. Hasn't happened in a long time. Don't know when it'll happen again. And the days that I'm not on the bike, I just, I try to get some ab work in. I try to, you know, protect my lower back, 
and it helps against the dad bod, you know, that belly that hangs over the belt in a nice little way. You know, I try to do some push-ups, some kettlebell squats, um, some swings. And I'm not doing this stuff till I collapse in just a pool of my own sweat and exhaustion. It actually looks pretty easy from outside observers. So when Mallory or my son Brett is looking at me, it doesn't look that hard for them. I execute and I recover. I take long recovery times. I don't break a sweat. I do the exercise until it's getting hard, but not burning. There's no lactic acid built up. I want the strength gain, and I'm not looking to be sore tomorrow. I'm looking to be a capable human being 30 years from now, not shirtless on the beach three months from now. Because when we start adding things and making things more complicated, we run a risk of not doing it a week from now because it's, there's so much to do. Why bother even starting? So keep it simple. Nothing's perfect. Don't go for that. If you're listening to this and you're just starting off and you're thinking like, yeah, Brad, that sounds nice, but you know, what am I going to do? When you're done listening to this, do one push-up. Just beat your face on the ground one time. Just do one. And maybe, you, maybe from there you just do 10 push-ups a day for a month and see how you feel. Seems reasonable. You don't need anything to do it. You don't need any time or space. Anyone can do that. Start simple and go forward from there. Now, the toughest part of this whole thing is to see if I can pivot from this podcast to working my ass out like I promised myself I would yesterday. Well, here's hoping. All right, folks. For the few and the proud that are listening, I do appreciate it. Music in the background provided by James Spensley. Dude knows how to shred. That's it, folks. See you later. I'm out.